special edition of the Michael Deacon program. And yes, we have returned. Thank you so much for being here and pressing play. And you have a very special guest this evening. We ask back by popular demand, the one and only Jim, the freight train fetzer, a guest that needs no introduction at all. Matter of fact, he's waiting on the line. Let's bring him right in. Oh, Michael, I'm glad to be getting together again. Uh, it's been all too long, my friend. Yes, it's been way too long, and of course, it's very early for both of us here, but we had to get it done. I know you had to watch some football, and I, I you know, I completely, <laughs> Jim, I completely understand. You know, I do love the game myself. Well, it's just a mindless diversion. It turns out that I'm averaging 11 hours on the computer every day. Oh, really? Yeah. You're in here so, a long you know, time. I'm, yeah, I'm doing all these shows, these new shows. I'm constantly putting together the next show, covering multiple stories. They typically involve 66 slides, you know, with yes. a, well, as many as a dozen different stories. And then uh, I do larger on uh, Mondays. I've got two bigger shows. And now one of them actually has moved to Sunday, where I have 90 slides. So... It's just a matter of constantly upgrading, Michael. I mean, I, I like doing it, but it's very time intensive. Yes, it's it's a very tedious task to be doing all these shows. And I do have to tell you, though, lots of people do appreciate your work. And for the most part, we don't really know how much they do appreciate the show until you stop doing it for a short amount of time. And then that's when the messages start rolling in. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, I was uh, taken out for a couple of weeks. and. Uh, modified and i did get a fair amount of response so i'm glad to, yeah i think you got it right oh yeah and of course our interviews have been taken down by youtube once again for medical misinformation and quote-unquote hate speech by the way it's all such bullshit michael in fact i'm oh, yes. going to be addressing that today in the spades because like the front page the top article on the wisconsin state journal today yes sir vaccines vaccines are saving lives mm. and it's it's just not true they aren't saving lives no they're not it, it, there's all the the records are massive michael for example the world health organization has its own records of adverse reactions to the jab and they have a list of over two million adverse reactions now what's fascinating about that michael is that there's 70 percent over one and a half million are for females and only 30 percent for males so it's pretty clear that the jab which we know is a depopulation device if not an outright death inducing injection where sherry penpenny has described these mrna vaccines as uh, perfectly designed killing machines where they seem to wipe out your antibodies if uh, the, the, the designer of the graphene oxide, which appears to be in many, has said it gives you a 10-year lifespan, and you can tell how much time you have left by measuring the amount of graphene oxide in your bloodstream. So if it's 10%, you got 9, 20%, 8 years, and so forth. So it's all quite dreadful. Now, what's fascinating, too, about this uh, WHO statistical summary, Michael, is that the year before, there were only 2,000 adverse reactions. In other words, this is all from the jab. So you got a thousandfold increase from the year before, from 2,000 to over 2 million. And get that, the year before it was like 87, and the year before that, 2, and the year before that, 1. What this means, Michael, is everyone in the medical field knows these vaccinations are bringing about devastating effects, devastating effects. And I guess. Here, and here's another report. This is just from uh, Wednesday. Dr. Robert Young, millions have died from the COVID injection. I'll just share part of Go it. Go ahead. Yes. You, you may recall that Dr. Robert Young was a man who made the claim based on his discovery the COVID shots contained graphene oxide, parasite, stainless steel, and other metals on Wednesday. He made the claim that millions have died from these experimental shots. A vaccine death report shows all the scientific evidence. Millions of innocent people have lost their lives. Hundreds of millions are suffering crippling side effects after being injected with the experimental COVID-19 injections. The report exposes 
the strategic methods used by government and health agencies to hide 99% of all vaccine injuries and deaths. You also learn who's really behind it all and their true agenda. It shows the horrifying lab results obtained by optical microscopic investigation of several vaccine vials. And Michael, have you seen these images of living creatures with tentacles? I've they seen that. Self-assembly nanorobots. I mean, this is yes, sir. This is scary. This is scary stuff. Yes, yeah, someone was just telling me about this, and I thought, you know, I did see this uh, randomly a while back, but I didn't really know what what to make of it. But yes, it looks like it's some sort of parasite, something out of a horror film. Well, what's interesting about it being a parasite, and it's called Hydra vulgaris. And this Dr. Carrie Majay has been very good. She was the first to expose it. She did a wonderful interview with Stu Peters, whom I rank very, very highly. I mean, Tucker is my favorite, and he's doing a brilliant job about devastating the, taking apart, dissecting the Biden administration. But he's a little weak on the conspiracy side. I think he may still believe 19 Islamic terrorists attacked us on 9-11. Well, you know, I don't think he wants to lose his job either. Well, it's a good gig. Uh, I don't think that's terribly controversial anymore myself. But in any case, here we have uh, G- Stu Peters did an interview with Dr. Majay and they showed these images. And now we get more of them. Yes, sir. Uh, there's more and more and more. Uh, on my blog, there's quite a bit. Now, here, the combined totals for the CDC's of yours and the uh, Eurovigilance Europe reporting agencies are as follows, where these numbers represent less than 10% of the actual deaths and injuries that have occurred since the inoculations began in January of 2021. 34,052 dead and 5,000, no, 5,410,944 injured. That's actually less than 1%. So, you know, add a couple zeros there. That means estimated non-reported deaths and injuries worldwide, uh, 34,052,000 dead and 541,410,000 injured. So I think that's right. I think that's got the right idea, Michael, and it's uh, simply devastating. So uh, the propaganda has become so massive uh, and the threats have become so blatant. I mean, listen, here, here's something going on where this all ties together. You know, there's a tremendous constipation on the ports. Here we have at the port of Savannah, they got 80,000 shipping containers piled high. Supply chain crisis, no sign of stopping. Uh, the head of the Georgia Port Authority said some ships were waiting for nine days to get a slot. Uh, it's become endemic all around the country at the major ports in Los Angeles and in Long Beach, for example. Oh, yes. We have rampant theft, but ongoing supply chain disruption, leaving drugstore shelves in New York City barren. Here's a part of a report about this. We were certain that at some point, the failure of left-wing mayors and prosecutors that go after rampant criminal activities such as shoplifting was going to turn into a major problem for the urban centers these lunatics govern. That day has finally arrived. For years, but especially over the past 12 months, George Soros-funded prosecutors and Marxist mayors like Bill de Blasio in New York City and London Breed in San Francisco have refused to crack down on petty crimes that escalate into major ones. In the name of respecting the Black Lives Matter movement, these leftists have excused all manner of bad and illegal behavior, but especially shoplifting. Video clips of shoplifting gangs posted online show numerous individuals emptying store shelves of cosmetics, drugs, and other supplies into garbage bags before sprinting out of the stores unmolested, and they continue to rob retailers blind because, again, the leftists who run these cities aren't concerned about prosecuting those crimes right. because quite often they involve persons of color. So naturally, prosecuting them would be racist, even in California, apparently, where whites are no longer in the majority. Michael, is, this, this is, is happening, insane. though. 
It is pretty crazy, though. I mean, you do get in trouble if you do try to stop them. Uh, even the security guards are told not to intervene, believe it or not. I know they are. That's insane. It, 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 and listen, I'm, uh, all these all these con- uh, developments, including, you know, the open borders, I mean, they're really not making any bones about it. There's no border control on the southern border. Uh, they aren't actually doing anything about this supply chain problem. In fact, now, as I'm about to re- explain, we have a deputy secretary of the Treasury warning that these sh- supply shortages are going to continue until everyone is jabbed. Michael, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard here of an American government threatening the American people that they're not going to food and drugs that's and right. other commodities until they take a, a vaccine that's a death job that's going to severely maim or kill them outright. I mean, it's just stunning. Yeah, how is that, how is that legal, by the way? I I can't That's imagine unconstitutional. it's legal, but but they're engaging on all varieties of illegal activities, Michael. And yes, it, this it's whole very... vaccine is grossly uh, inviolative of uh, violative of the Nuremberg Code, which is international law. Right, that requires informed consent before any experimental medical procedure can be employed. And of course, these vaccines are experimental which excuses them, by the way, from having to list their contents on the vials. That's true. By having them experimental, you don't get to know what's actually in the jab. No, and, and of course, that, and, and of course, ahead. Jim, if, they, if, if you do happen to get sick or die, you, you can't sue them, by the way. It's, it's in the fine print. I know. I know. Insane. Michael, it's completely disgusting. It's unbelievably awful. And we've had, you know reported many, many reports from, for example, John Rappaport and Edward Hendry, both of whom do brilliant work about how they are qualifying anyone who's got a jab as still unvaccinated until two weeks have passed. And even after the second, they don't count them as vaccinated until 15 days have passed. And, you know, Michael, that's for the following reason. Most of the uh, reactions, including the deaths, occur in the first 14 days. So what they've done is basically take a vast number of deaths coming from the vaccine because practically nobody unvaccinated is dying except for natural causes and calling them deaths in the unvaccinated pot, pot, right? which obviously simultaneously increases the number of those who died while they're unvaccinated so they can push their propaganda and reduces the number who have died from the vaccinated so they can reinforce it. But this. What I'm about to share with you is about as stunning as anything I've ever re- read here in the United States in terms of our politics and administration. Get oh this. The deputy secretary of the U.S. Treasury has put Americans on notice that the only way to end the plague of empty shelves around the country is for every resident to be vaccinated. The frank warning came off as a threat to many. Wally Adiyamo, a Biden administration's second highest official in the Treasury Department, appeared to publicly blackmail the still sizable portion of Americans who've not been vaccinated during a Thursday ABC interview, seemingly blaming them for the ongoing shortages of consumer goods that have led, led many to mock the president as empty shelves Joe. Despite viral photos depicting thousands of cargo ships lined up at the Port of Los Angeles ready to unload their goods, Adiyamo claimed the supply chain issues plaguing so many U.S. retailers are an international issue and will only let up when a sufficient percentage of the country has been vaccinated. Describing the disastrous economic conditions as an economy that's in transition, Adiyamo acknowledged we are seeing high prices for some of the people, that, some things that people have to buy. While he praised the administration's stimulus payments, he also pinned the blame squarely on the unvaccinated. Quote, the reality is the only way we're going to get to a place where we work through this transition is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. While the ABC reporter repeatedly suggested the country's shortages in toilet paper and other panic <laughs> buy items yes. could be traced to international supply chain disruptions, a growing number of Americans are demanding answers regarding the weirdly specific nature of certain products missing from store shelves. 
Some have even voiced doubt concerning whether the shortage are being introduced deliberately either to gin up hatred against the unvaccinated or keep Americans economically off balance as they grow accustomed to the wild disruptions of the pandemic. I have modeled, did the Biden cabinet no favors by adding fuel to the conspiratorial fire, explaining the primary reason Biden continued to push for everyone to be vaccinated was that only then could the White House, quote, provide the resources the American people need to make it to the other side of the supply chain problem. Despite blaming the international shipping industry for empty shelves of the U.S., the media establishment has acknowledged that the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, which together process 40% of the nation's imports, most of which, of course, Michael, is coming from China, had their busiest years on record last year, giving the lie to the notion the products missing from American shelves simply don't exist. However, many truckers working for shipping companies have balked at the idea of mandatory vaccination, leaving their firm's fleets woefully understaffed. Others have gone on strike to demand better working conditions. The Biden administration has attempted to address a supply chain problem by calling for the Port of Los Angeles to run 24 hours, seven days a week. But while he praised his own promise move as a game changer, the executive director of the port has made it clear there is no timetable in place for the promise schedule shift. Now, Michael, as an aside, this is exactly like the alleged mandate for companies that have more than 100 employees. There is no mandate. They were, they mouthed the words. They said there would be a mandate. They directed the OSHA or allegedly directed OSHA to develop it, but it's not in the works. It's not made it into any of the technical printing locations where it would have to be if it were in the works. It's just a bluff. It's just phony. It's just a fraud. And I'm convinced they're claiming you know, they're going to have the ports work 24 hours a day. I mean, I think those ports are already working 24 hours a day. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a bluff. It's just bullshit. They're just trying to manipulate the American people into thinking they're, 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 they're doing something to, to remedy a problem they themselves created. That's right. That they have no intention of remedying because it's working to achieve their own objectives which are so disgusting and revolting, they're not even willing to publicly admit them to the public, Michael. That It's that bad. It's pretty repulsive. And by the way, whatever happened to the Democratic Party, by the way, I remember years ago they were all about freedom, and now it's, um, it's changed uh, quite a bit, hasn't it? Oh, Michael. My goodness. Michael, it's just embarrassingly bad. The Democrats have just turned into a party of, Radical, I don't even know what to make of them anymore. Socialists, they really, they really have the intention of turning the country inside out, and that's why there's so much controversy over this 3.5 trillion plan. Uh, it, it, they want to destroy fossil fuels, gas, and oil. Biden, when he canceled the XL pipeline and took other measures allegedly to preserve the environment, made America energy dependent again on foreign sources. I mean, Trump, look, everybody has differences of opinion about sure. Donald Trump. My opinion I agree. is no, I'm largely on the whole, on the balance, overwhelmingly favorable for what he did for our economy. He was bringing us back very strong. He made us energy independent. He clapped down on the borders. Uh, Michael, the lowest earning wage earners were seeing their wages rise at the highest rate, such that already... In December of 2019, before the election, nearly a year, Rasmussen was reporting that 40% of black likely voters intended to vote for Trump. And of course, you know, that had to send the Democrats into a tailspin because they cannot win any election if they don't have 90, 95% vote from the, from the black community. I mean, it's completely disgusting what's going on here. Oh, yes. And, and by the way, fact, I just wanted to quickly mention, uh, Jim, that um, – oh, now I got thrown off here. Sorry about that. But yes, um, yes, I'm getting all these messages popping up here, Jim. I'm not quite sure why. Um, but yes, I was just going to quickly add, I'm not sure whatever happened to the Democratic Party, but things really took a um, 
turn of turn of events here that I, I never thought I would even uh, see there, uh, Jim. Again, I always thought the Democratic Party were all about freedom and liberty and your choice. And it's funny how the parties have sort of changed again. It's almost like we're back in 2004. Well, it's become uh, an authoritarian party. It, 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 it's become fanatically ideological. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I, I think Paul Craig Roberts, whom I regard as our nation's leading public intellectual, has got it right here with a piece, Michael, you may not yet have seen entitled America, A Dead Man Walking. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Listen to this. He opens with a question, will America exist in 10 or 20 years? Probably not. I knew America was finished when the insouciant dumb shits let the corrupt establishment openly and blatantly <laughs> steal a presidential election and install a cipher as front man for the establishment's agenda. Now, just about a word, that word insouciant, that means indifferent or careless or, yeah. you know, unconcerned. He uses the word Far too much. It's a rather obscure word. So I just wanted to spell it out here for those. It's not part of my daily vocabulary. So he continues. What is the establishment's agenda? It is evil incarnate. The agenda is the rewrite of Western history as one vast crime. The agenda is a demonization of all European and British ethnicities with white skin. The agenda is the replacement of Western universities and school systems of pride, uh, systems of pride for the great achievements of Western civilization, such as the rule of law as a shield of the people instead of a weapon in the hands of the government, civil liberty, and no crime without intent, with guilt for and rejection of our achievements reduced to racism, misogynism, and denial of multiple genders. Monuments to heroes are destroyed and replaced with shrines to felon drug addicts. The rewriting of history in the West by the West's worst enemies is now being used in elementary schools to separate white children from their culture and their identity. The parents who complain are being designated domestic terrorists by the anti-white Democrat school boards and the Democrat anti-American Biden regime. The evidence is everywhere. See, for example... Get your children out of public schools where they're brainwashed with critical race and gender indoctrination. These anti-white, anti-normal, counterfactual ideologies are now nationally instituted in U.S. public schools. And we have many parents protesting whom the FBI is treating as domestic terrorists. I mean, think of it, Michael. You've got parents who are concerned because their, their, their children are being, you know, having sh crap shoveled at them every single day in the Constantly, classroom yes. complaining about it. And the school boards are calling on the FBI to treat them as terrorists. Some are even being arrested on the spot for their complaints. Tucker has been very good, by the way, in going after these issues. Uh, Paul Craig Roberts continues. The agenda is the overrunning of British, European, American, and Canadian white ethnicities with a policy of open borders, the third world unassimilable illegal immigrant invaders. The immigrant invaders receive preferential treatment from the anti-white European political regime and media. The consequence is the demonization of European ethnicities. In some European countries, for a white woman to report her rape by an immigrant invader borders on a hate crime. The European governments are careful not to report the race of those arrested for crimes. To honestly report would be a hate crime, a sign of racism, and result in a demand for resignation, if not arrest. The agenda is a replacement of white ethnicities who are taxed too heavily to afford children with publicly supported immigrant invaders who have many children and by intermarriage of races encouraged by propaganda, advertising, and entertainment. Indeed, in the U.S., for example, white men have disappeared from advertisements, and their traditional movie roles are now taken by women and blacks. A white family is seldom seen in advertising. The agenda is to kill and make infertile as many white people as possible with COVID mRNA vaccines, that attack the body's fertility organs and destroy the body's natural immune system. 
Every dumb shit who votes Democrat votes for this agenda. Americans are so utterly stupid that they vote themselves for obliteration of people this stupid cannot be helped. Throughout the Christian world, or perhaps more correctly, the formerly Christian world, no Christian churches are being built, but mosques proliferate. It is the Muslims, not the Christians, or name only Christians who have confidence. Gene Raspall, in his bestseller in 1973, explained how this worked. His book is out of print. No publishing house has the courage to publish a book that informs the people who are selected for destruction and are well on their way to Orwell's memory hole. These people are white people. Their future is death and obliteration. And the dumb shit sit there with guns in their safes, sucking their thumbs, voting for Democrats, taking the death jab, sending their kids to public schools and universities to be brainwashed against white people. Such a people are already dead. An overstatement? Perhaps. The Jews thought Mein Kampf was an overstatement and ignored the writing on the wall. Amazing. Now, this is a guy I regard as our nation's leading public intellectual, Michael. And look at the language he's using. He's mincing no words. That's pretty blunt and I'll there. I'll tell you, what, what's going on is, is, is so vast. It's so comprehensive. The media are so totally one-sided, biased, and promoting this agenda of death for America, particularly for white people. That it has to have a very possible, uh, very powerful, uh, almost unlimitedly wealthy uh, source, which I, I take to be the Rothschild banking industry. I mean, think about it this way: the Rothschilds control the media, which is Israeli dominated. I must have mentioned before that I have a panel of a hundred executives from CNN, every one of whom is a dual U.S. Israeli citizen. I never panel of 100 executives from NBC, every one of whom is a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen. I have another panel of 100 executives from the New York Times, every one of whom is a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen. Not only that, but the Rothschilds take credit for founding Israel. They regard it as their own private property. They control the AP and Reuters news services, so virtually all the news we get through the major media, this is like 90 to 95 percent of all the news in America is controlled by the Rothschild, who are now eager to take control of the entirety of planet Earth through what they call the Great Reset. The World Economic Forum, of course, is uh, preeminent here, where its founder, uh, Klaus Schwab, guess what, turns out himself to be a Rothschild, Michael. And they're employing the clergy plan which was to infiltrate Europe with a mass of African immigrants in order to destroy its culture. We're now doing the same thing here in the United States by way of our southern border with all these South American and Central Americans, some actually from the Caribbean, infiltrating. And the Biden administration is flying them to swing states because they want to change it, use them to change the demographics. By the way, when I said, when you have 40% of black likely voters going to support Trump. They can't win an election. They didn't win this election. It was massively stolen. Mike Lindell had a three-day marathon where there must have been a hundred different lines of proof of how the election was stolen every which way from Sunday. I mean, it's unbelievable, Michael, how it was done. But where all of our institutions are failing us, even the Supreme Court, when they declined the Texas lawsuit, which, which, which summarized very eloquently how uh, Pennsylvania, uh, uh, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin had all violated their own laws for how elections are being conducted. When they rejected that, claiming Texas had a lack of standing, I think that signaled the end of America. That was the single most important lawsuit to ever come before the United States Supreme Court in its entire history. And it was rejected on a specious claim of lack of standing. I mean, the Supreme Court handles cases of disputes between states. They are the court of origin for disputes between states, meaning you don't have to go through a process of lower courts, circuit courts, appellate courts, Supreme Courts for the different states. These are issues that can be brought directly to the Supreme Court. They had an overwhelming obligation to take it 
and resolve the matter, which would have set things right, Michael, but they abdicated and we are suffering the consequences beyond belief. We have no good news, by the way, folks. Um, just to be honest with you, there's never good news here. And um, by the way, Jim, you know, listening to you talk about all this, it, it kind of makes me want to convert to Judaism. It seems like there's lots to um, get there. There's lots to offer. <laughs> very, very funny, Michael. I know we're all hearing that makes me want to convert, Jim. All the advantages of being a dual Israeli citizen, it kind of makes you want to convert. Kind of makes you want to convert. Well... I'll tell you, it's absolutely unbelievable it really what's is. going on here. Yes, I'm not quite uh, sure what the hell's going on here, Jim. Every day it seems like it gets worse, and of course, um, everything is backwards, it seems. I'm not quite sure why. The Republican Party is making much more sense these days than any other political party, and I'm not really even for any political party for that matter, but it seems like the Democrats have sort of lost their minds. Yes, yes, yes. And let me say, not only is the clergy plan, I mean, this guy was, uh, you know, a Jew from the 30s who planned a way to destroy Western civilization, but they're also implementing the Cloward Piven strategy by overwhelming the social welfare system. Yes, there, there's it, lots of agendas at play um, from social to economic, and there clearly is an agenda, folks, and it doesn't include me or you for some reason. Well, Bibi Netanyahu in, in, in uh, 2020 uh, w w was quoted as having said that America is the golden calf. We're going to suck it dry Oof. and leave it as the world's largest welfare state to die on its own because that's what we do with nations we hate. Now, just think about it. This is Bibi Netanyahu. He's probably been more fond upon, probably derived more benefits for Israel from the United States than any other prime minister in the history of Israel. He is, in my opinion, a very shabby guy, but he is very clever. He's very smart. He, along with uh, Ehud Ulmert, were the brain trust behind 9-11. They wanted to figure out a way to get the United States into the Middle East to take out the modern Arab states that served as a counterbalance to Israel's domination of the entire region and to eventually confront the Persian nation of Iran, by virtue of which they orchestrated the events of 9-11, blaming them on, you know, 19 uh, Islamic terrorists who are supposed to have been suicide uh, hijackers. It turns out the absurdity not only derives from the fact that two of those planes were not even in the air that day, Michael. That's right. Flight 11, Flight 11 North Tower and Flight 77 Pentagon were not even in the air that day. But that pilots for 9-11 Truth tracked the other two flights, 93 Shanksville and 175 South Tower, and found that Flight 93 was over Champaign-Urbana after it officially crashed in Shanksville. Flight 175 was over Harrisburg and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, after it officially hit the South Tower. And where I tracked down Federal Aviation Administration records and discovered the planes used for those flights were not even formally deregistered or taken out of service until 2000, 28 September 2005. So how can planes that crashed on uh, how can planes that weren't even in the air have crashed on 9-11? And how can planes that crashed on 9-11 have still been in the air four years later? Michael, it's been bullshit from beginning to end. Yes, and of course, they gave no tangible explanation either, by the way, for why it was like that. I recall they did give a response, but it was a, a runaround. It was nothing tangible at all. They said it was just an error in their system. Nothing to see swept under the rug as usual and of course 9-11 we saw lots of insider trading going on very much the same as COVID-19 lots of insider trading going on Jim say again say again oh I was saying there was lots of insider trading that was going on um, during 9-11 or before 9-11 and before COVID-19 as well I'm just drawing some correlation here I was just thinking about um, so much of these these two sort of I guess you can say monumental false flag operations, Jim. They have so much correlation, both Trojan horses. And, you know, just the other day I was talking to a guest, Philip Kraske, and um, Osama bin Laden was brought up. And we talked about that photograph with um, Hillary and Biden and um, 
you know, they were allegedly watching the compound of Osama bin Laden being raided at the time, and both the guest and myself still think that's bullshit. Well, of course, you're 100% correct. There's so much bullshit floating around the country. It's nothing but the, the United States has become the world's largest stack of bullshit. That's all we have left. And every it's coming from every direction. It's so outrageous. You know, I mean, this stuff about shoplifting, letting people just sweep all they want, all the drugs and all the yeah. cosmetics and everything Let them have it. into a, a big garbage bag and then just trot out without any molestation whatsoever. And they're allowing, you know, the homeless to remain sleeping on the street and they're turning criminals out of prison on the ground of COVID. But they're taking the, the peaceful protesters at the Capitol. They're locking them up and throwing away the key, putting them in solitary confinement, depriving them of their legal rights. And then we have the absurdity of the Department of Justice declaring parents, women, mothers and fathers who are protesting their children being exposed to pornography coming home and saying, Mom, I'm asked what gender, you know, what I want to, how I want to be called. Uh, all this nonsense to create sexual conf uh, uh, confusion among right. young people. Michael, this is part and parcel of just destroying the United States right down to its very core. It, it began with the Antifa movements, all the riots, BLM, which were allowed to go utter lawlessness, destroying a whole lot of businesses, but saying a horrible example. And then the movement to defund the police. I mean, after all, if you want to destabilize a society, what better way than to weaken the law enforcement mechanism by defunding it? Completely absurd. And then they move to try to take our guns. I will say that it's backfiring massively because when you defund the police, everyone knows that means you've got to be able to defend yourself. So there's been a huge surge in gun sales. But now they're trying to run these phony legal issues based on Sandy Hook. That's right. Or as you know, I've done so much research. Yes, sir. Bringing together 13 experts, including six current or retired PhDs, where we established a school that had been closed by 2008. It was Lotus with asbestos and other biohazards damaged by a hurricane. There even turns out to have been a major flood in the area in 2007. So it was abandoned by 2008. There were no students there. What they did was conduct a two-day FEMA drill, technically a mass casualty exercise involving children and presented as mass murder to promote gun control, where Barack Obama, Michael, had paved the way by nullifying the Smith-Mutt Act of 1948, which precluded the use of the same techniques of propaganda and disinformation, which include paying people for riots, staging performances, all kinds of other nonsense, Hollywood-style theatrical events abroad were now legitimized and allowed to take place in the United States by the Smith Modernization Act of 2012, just in time for Sandy Hook. And they have been playing up that Sandy Hook business to beat the ban. They've even brought a lawsuit against Remington, which seems to be cooperating in folding the company with a $33 million proposed settlement, which is completely absurd because no one has ever established that anybody, anybody died at Sandy Hook. I've been seeking to intervene here. I submitted a motion to intervene in Connecticut. We had the, the Soto versus uh, 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 Remington, where there are nine Sandy Hook parents going to divide uh, 33 million bucks, right? Right. Uh, I've also submitted a motion to intervene with a bankruptcy court in Alabama. Uh, there, it looks as though they're just moving forward without es establishing a factual foundation with regard to what did or did not happen at Sandy Hook. And they are not happy to see me poking my nose into the tent. They're very unhappy because both sides, both the Remington side and the Sandy Hook parent side are, are in collusion, it appears to me, where, for example, they both oppose my intervening in Connecticut. Interesting. And where the, the, the bankruptcy court now in uh, Alabama has taken the decision of the the judge in Connecticut to exclude me to be a justification for excluding me in, Pens in uh, Alabama as well. 
I'm going to continue to pursue this, Michael. I love that. With appeals <laughs> yes. the courts. But I'm telling you, this is a very challenging enterprise. And as you already know, I oh, have... Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of heat on you there. When Amazon banned Nobody Died at Sandy Hook, where I brought together this collaborative research that just blew apart the official account, I recognized it was political and released a book for free as a PDF. I mean, think of this, a bookseller getting rid of a book, banning a book that had sold nearly 500 copies in a single month. Uh, 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 Michael, just for contrast, this is in the academic uh, arena. The average academic book only sells 750 uh, copies in its entire lifespan. So here in the course of a month, this book had sold nearly 500 copies. A lawsuit was, of course, brought against me, in my opinion, completely contrived, totally artificial, about a a copy of a death certificate that I had declared in the book to be a fake based on the mountain of evidence we had that nobody died at Sandy Hook and other elements internal to the document itself, where, get this, the judge, a judge in the case, would not allow me to present all the evidence I had that nobody died at Sandy Hook. He said, and this is virtually a quote, that, well, he, he, he what happened at Sandy Hook uh, uh, was not relevant to the accuracy or the truth of the death certificate and that we weren't going to go down that rabbit hole. Wow. Well, listen, listen to this, Michael. On the death certificate, it says the decedent died at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown on 14 December 2012 from multiple gunshot wounds. How could it not be relevant? Yeah. And in fact, and in fact, I obtained several death certificates from the state, from the from the town clerk, and one that they'd appended to the complaint against me. So there were four before we went into the oral hearing where I had two forensic document examiners reports submitted to the court where they concluded all four, all four of the death certificates were fake. All four. You know, I've never heard of a judge doing that, by the way, just sort of dismissing your, your claims or your evidence. Yeah, he just he wouldn't allow me to present all the, the massive evidence, which included, of course, the FBI's consolidated crime report for 2012, which shows that in the category of murders or non-negligent homicides uh, in Newtown, the number zero, 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 because Sandy Hook is a suburb, a part of Newtown. So if there were zero murders in Newtown, then there were zero murders in Sandy Hook. Not only that, but it turns out that the uh, official report by the state's attorney, uh, Stephen Sedensky of Danbury, failed to tie together the alleged shooters with his purported victims and the weapons he's supposed to have used. It turns out that he's said to have shot his mother with a twenty-two caliber rifle in her bedroom at home before heading off to the school. But in fact, uh, there no his fingerprints are not on the rifle, so they couldn't tie the rifle to him. And moreover, while they gathered 150 slugs from the classroom, or so they claimed, this is all nonsense. In a footnote 53, they acknowledged they were unable to match any of the slugs to the weapon that he was supposed to have used, which means it was possible that it was used, but there are millions of other weapons like that one. That, that, in other words, they failed to establish a causal nexus tying together Adam Lanza with the 20 kids and six adults uh, at the elementary school, not to mention his mother at home. It was a total forensic failure, Michael, a total forensic failure. And yet the media, you know, just beats a band with the official narrative, which we hear endlessly. That's right. But it's all it's all total bullshit. It's all totally fabricated. Yes. And, and, and it's, it's, it's outrageous beyond belief. Yeah. The judge. And he had this conversation with a with with a fellow who presented himself as Leonard Posner, mm. who was supposed to be yes. one of the parents from Sandy Hook. I recall him. Supposed to be the father of Noah Posner. But. Look, I was very suspicious. This guy looked much too young to be Leonard Posner. Uh, he was 20, 30 years younger and weighed uh, 100 pounds lighter. And when I sought to pursue that to get an impeachment witness against him, uh, the judge went ballistic and I was held in contempt of court for my effort. 
even though Wolfgang Halbig <laughs> was writing to four FBI stations and saying, what are the consequences for impersonating Leonard Posner in a video deposition in Madison, Wisconsin? That's in other right. words, it was obvious this isn't the right guy. So not only after the judge uh, improperly abused a summary judgment, which is not appropriate if there's a disputed fact in this matter, and when I had two forensic document experts who were confirming that all four of the death certificates that I had introduced into evidence were fabricated or fake because he set them aside as just someone else's opinion. He had a conversation with the plaintiff's attorney right before my very eyes, Michael. Interesting. You know, the con that, you know he mm -hmm. says, if I exclude this evidence, then I'll be ground for an appeal. So I'm just going to set it aside as someone else's opinion. Yikes. Yeah, you know, the, the Constitution does guarantee a defendant the right to present, you know, his all his evidence, uh, you know, in defense uh, to the charges against him or her. Well, it's so outrageous. It's so outrageous, Michael. I mean, get this. Uh, 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 the appellate court, when I appealed it, you know, well, look, I mean, it was rendered by summary judgment inappropriate because there's a disputed fact. It turns out that under the law, Expert witnesses have the same status or authority as the judge himself. Mm. But I, as a naive pro se uh, defendant who was yes. unable to locate any attorney willing to represent me because of the political nature of the case, discovered only later that, you know, setting aside the expert opinion is simply absurd under the law. I mean, it's just outrageous. So anyone who's got any familiarity with the law recognizes this this legal case, this this pro trial, non-trial. I mean, it was a summary judgment, just a hearing before the judge was a legal abomination. That's right. And then, no, you're right, for sure. What's just outrageous? It's completely outrageous. There's a whole lot about it on my blog at jamesfatcher.org. Yes. And by the way, just to before we move on here from Sandy Hook, you know, Alex Jones also facing the heat uh, recently. Of course, he claimed that he was facing or suffering rather from a form of psychosis early on. Yeah, that's Alex Jones really has totally discredited himself over Sandy Hook by being on both sides of the issue. I sought to reach out to him early on. I even filed an amicus brief on his behalf in Texas to bring up in all the evidence I had. During his video deposition in Connecticut, he, he said he'd never even read Nobody Died in Sandy Hook. And I just ask you, Michael, how can anyone who's taking a public stand not have read the only serious book, bringing together 13 experts, 13 experts? Just to illustrate, one of them is Paul Preston, who has his own Agenda 21 radio show. He's rather well-known. He used to be a school administrator, may still be. He's actually supervised active shooter drills. He was so troubled by what he saw being broadcast from Newtown that day that he reached out to his contacts in the Obama Department of Education, all of whom confirmed to him it had been a drill, no students had been harmed, and it was done to promote gun control. Right from the Obama Department of Education, Michael, that's in the book. The judge wouldn't even look at the book. He said he didn't want to, you know, familiarize himself with the broader issues, which he wasn't allowing me to address. I mean, there are so many improprieties from a legal point of view here. It's completely outrageous. Would you say, Jim, that a lot of this comes from media bias? He already, let's say he already had heard most of this case already before he even was uh, granted the judge of this sort of case, and he was already familiar with it, and he already had a sort of uh, pre-notion of all, all of these things, these facts that already are in his head, in his mind, that are, you know, facts from what the TV said. Do you think that had anything to do with this case and the way you were treated? Well, bear in mind, Michael, uh, my petition for review to the Wisconsin Supreme Court is in their ballpark. The case is still live. I am still under the thumb of the circuit court judge who I rendered these rulings. Right, okay. Shall we say I may not be at liberty mm, to yes, express sir. my full sentiments about this matter. No worries. And where I'm not even allowed to repeat the sentences 
for which I was sued, the objective of which, by the way, appears to have staunched the tide, the flood of downloads of the PDF of the book. That's right. For a friend of mine estimated it had been downloaded 10 million times. I believe it. Which, which I regard that as a great success, Michael, because I was never in this for money. I was only in this to get out the truth. Would you believe now? Listen to this. So Mike Palachek, who was at the time the series editor, and I realized that if Amazon were going to ban the book, and no doubt other books that we might produce, we needed to found our own, find our own publisher, establish our own distribution center. So we founded Moon Rock Books, available. You know, it, the Amazon, we have published 12 volumes at Moon Rock Books, Michael, and Amazon has banned six of them. <laughs> Not only about Sandy Hook, but about the Boston bombing, the moon landing, Orlando and Dallas, Charlottesville, Parkland. Amazon has banned them all. It appears that my collaborative strategy of bringing together groups of experts to do research together, where we critique one another's work and dramatically reduce the probability of making mistakes. I mean, it, it just becomes almost negligible when you get a group of 13, as I did for the Sandy Hook book, meant that these books were just too powerful, so they were banned. Now, my opinion is that, well, Amazon wants to claim it's a private company. I believe it was acting as an agent of the state. And if it was acting as an agent of the state, then that's a clear violation of the First Amendment, freedom of the press freedom of speech and the like, so that I want to go after Amazon for its massive censorship. I want to continue these legal efforts. I want to stand up for the Second Amendment. I'm in the process of drafting an appeal of the uh, decision by the Alabama Bankruptcy Court, which will go to the uh, the United States District Court for, uh, I believe it's the, uh, the 11th Circuit, to a- appeal it. I, I want to undertake other efforts, but while I'm able to do this, uh, gratis, yeah, I mean, retirement, I mean, I'm spending my time doing this free of charge. Uh, 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 I have two attorneys who are very good, but for reasons uh, unknown to me, they expect to be paid. So right now I have a proposal before the uh, World Peace Through Education Foundation, which exists to oppose the New World Order and to support the First and the Second Amendment that they want to fund, but they need money to do it, Michael. And I I would like to just reach out to everyone in this audience. Let them know. Say, if, 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 if you check it out, go to uh, World Peace, W-P-T-E-F, W-T-P-E-F dot org slash donate. You'll find the opportunity to use a credit or debit card to support my efforts to support the First and the Second Amendment. You'll get a receipt for it, and it's tax deductible. Now, Michael, let me emphasize, I'm not suggesting anyone mortgage their house. If a 1,000 people, for example, each contributed only $20, that would put us in a pretty good position to move forward. But there are legal fees involved. If the Wisconsin Supreme Court, for example, declines my a petition for review. I'm going to take it to the United States Supreme Court. I'm already a party to an amicus curiae brief before the Supreme Court in the case of Zoker Serenov, who is being railroaded. My book on uh, the Boston bombing demonstrates convincingly, in fact, conclusively, beyond any doubt whatsoever, that the Tarnoff brothers have nothing to do with the bombing. They weren't even there at the time. They were photoshopped in. And get this, Michael, when the Saranoff brothers were photoshopped in, they made a blunder. They didn't fix the backpacks. The FBI investigated. We have photographs of the two backpacks that exploded. They were rather compact black nylon backpacks that had a white square stitched on them. Well, Hammerland is wearing a big baggy black dark backpack, darkish gray, but it doesn't resemble at all the backpacks that exploded. And Zoker, my goodness, he's wearing a silver or a gray backpack, so he can't possibly have been responsible. Now, get this. When I was putting together all this research, I I consulted with a retired professor of law of my acquaintance who had extensive experience as both a prosecutor and a defense attorney in, in, in the Minneapolis area. And I asked him, which of all the evidence did he find most convincing? And he said, 
the backpack evidence. And it's because it's so simple and it's so decisive. It's very much a variation of if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Yes. Except in that case, the failure of the glove to acquit to fit was manufactured by Johnny Cochran, who had O.J. Simpson put on latex gloves underneath hey, right. the glove he would try on to guarantee it wouldn't fit, Michael. I mean, this is so outrageous. <laughs> And it happened right there in front of our very eyes. I mean, that's the most clever way to pull off these deceptions. Do it right there in front of your very eyes. Like a magician. In the case of the Cernoff brothers, however, uh, this is bona fide, genuine exculpating evidence. And the when the case went before the uh, uh, the Massachusetts Court of Appeals, we submitted the the brief at that time. Uh, uh, John Remington Graham, who's a retired professor of law, did so on behalf of three American citizens of whom I am the first named. And they acknowledged the evidence and said they'd take it into account. But when they ruled, it was as though it didn't exist at all. And now we're finding the Supreme Court seems to be playing a similar game of patty cake, wanting to bury at least the parties on both sides, both the defense and the prosecution don't want to respond to our brief, which lays out the backpack evidence. It's so clear. It's so concise, Michael. It leaves no doubt about it, which is another reason why I'm, uh, you know, driven to the conclusion that even our judicial system is corrupt from top to bottom. I mean, it's just god awful. We'd be in this state in America in 2021. Yes, and of course, those that have forgotten the mainstream media story of the Boston Marathon bombing is, of course, of the Chechen terrorists who unleashed weapons of mass destruction, I believe, killing four people and, what was it, they wounded like 264 uh, people, they say. Well, it was embarrassingly bad, let me tell you. I mean, uh, it was like when the FBI came up and said, don't look at any other photographs, just look at these two photographs of the brothers, and we need your help in identifying them. It turns out the FBI had had them under surveillance for five years. I mean, they were just a designated patsies. Uh, we have a video where you can hear police on bullhorns calling out, this is a drill. This is a drill. The Boston Globe was tweeting that a demonstration bomb would be set off during the marathon for the benefit of bound squad activities. Another tweet. It said one will be set off in one minute in front of the Boston Library, and lo and behold, one minute later, one of these bombs goes off in front of the Boston Public Library. Now, Michael, as you know, I'm a former artillery officer in the Marine Corps, and I can tell you those explosions were so feeble, they couldn't have killed anyone unless perhaps you were sitting right on top of them. In fact, one of them didn't even shred cloth banners, didn't even knock over a paper cup. That no doubt had beer inside of it, but I mean, it was that feeble. They even use a studio quality smoke machine for effect. But when you, when you peered in through the smoke, you could see there were bodies lying there with missing arms and legs. But Michael, there was no blood. Now, as Dr. Lorraine Day has emphasized time and time again, you cannot have limbs blown off by explosives and there be no blood. The blood only showed up later. I originally thought it came out of tubes. It actually came out of little orange duffel bags, fake blood kits. And when the area was cleared, there were five or six of them there. I mean, they used amputee actors. I mean, you, who would ever think of that? They used amputee actors. Let me tell you, just like Sandy Hook, there was no surge of EMTs into the scene. There was no string of ambulances to rush uh, the wounded or the dead to hospitals where they could be determined to be dead or alive at Sandy Hook. There were no uh, ambulances showing up in Boston either. Honest to God, physicians tried to get to the victims to treat them and were kept away from them by the Boston police, Michael, by the Boston police. And, you know, all the efforts I've gone to to expose all this are being shunted aside by the legal establishment and the parties complicit here. We're damned as conspiracy theorists, which is supposed to be a bad thing, but we know now why. We're investigating conspiracies that lead back to the government itself as a responsible agent. So, of course, you know, you got the CIA promulgating 
denigration of conspiracy theorists. How ironic is that, Michael? When it's the CIA ironic. is conspiracy central, yes, them and that's the, what the CIA does. That's they what they do. Conspiracies all over the world. Them, them and the FBI. You know, they have a track record of doing this. You know, and it's funny that they always know the suspect way before anyone else does because they were keeping quote unquote tabs on them. You know, so it's always suspicious to me. And of course, for the vast majority of the American population out there, you know, all these things, the official narratives, that's the truth. So why, why the fuck should you even look any further that, you know, that's, that's it, Jim. Why, why even push, right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> Michael. And if I may, I'd like to reiterate, if anyone wants to support my efforts, I mean, look, I'm going to do this come hell or high water. But it would sure be a lot easier if yes, I could sir. get, you know, cover some of the expenses involved on the legal side. Go to WPTEF.org slash donate. And as I say, you can use a credit or a debit card. It's real simple. You'll get a receipt and your contribution is tax deductible. And just think, you'll be doing something to support the First and the Second Amendment. And Michael, frankly, I don't think we've ever been more in need of both particularly when you have censorship massive of anyone who's been a critique about the COVID pandemic or challenging the efficacy of the vaccines, they are being squashed. They are being steamrollered by the mainstream media, which is completely under the control of the Rothschilds. And I reiterate, in my opinion, the Rothschilds are behind this entire gigantic enterprise. It requires an entity with that kind of mammoth virtually unmeasurable financial resources to be able to corrupt so many aspects of the, of this country. They've taken over completely the American Medical Association, the Center for Disease Control, the World Health Organization, the National Institute of Health, Bill Gates, Ted Turner, Klaus Schwab, uh, Anthony Fauci. These are all key players here. Fauci, in my corrupt. opinion, Michael, will go down as the greatest mass murderer in history. A war criminal, in other words. For which he's responsible are going to exceed those of all of our foreign enemies combined. Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Emperor Hirohito. Fauci will be responsible for more deaths. And bear in mind, Deagle.com, a website with powerful connections of military-industrial complex, is projecting that the U.S. population will drop from 330 million in 2020 to only 65 million in 2025. That's wow. a diminution of 265 million citizens dip. of the United States in five years, Michael. Yes. And the way they're doing it, it's got three aspects to it. One is the mass, which kill us slowly. The second is the vaccines, which kill us more rapidly. But the third is a food shortage. You're going to bring about mass starvation. And that's why this whole supply thing is so terribly, terribly serious. They think they can manipulate, use it to bring pressure, as this deputy secretary of the Treasury is saying, that you're not going to get your supplies until you get vast. Until you get the, yeah. well, this is so un-American, so undemocratic, so outrageous, so authoritarian. So fascistic. I mean, that's outrageous, Michael. I would never have believed I'd live to see this in the United States of America. I didn't either. And of course, Amazon has hit you with the old school, the burning of the books sort of scenario. I can only imagine the book burning that went on when they saw your book there. And by the way, um, Jim, they got very angry with you. But yes, you faced um, the consequences of, I guess you can say, the new woke order, by the way. It's just awful, Michael. It's just awful. And I so appreciate having the opportunities for these conversations with you. You're just a marvelous host, and I've enjoyed every one we've ever done and look forward to more in the future. Clockwise, my friend, thank you so much for being a part of the program. And of course, that is the World Peace Through Education Foundation. That's WPTEF.org. Definitely donate there for a great cause. And of course, if you want more of Jim's work, please go to moonrockbooks.com and uh, pick up a copy of any of these fine books there and it makes a fine gift. And Jim, once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. We will do this again in the near future, my friend. My great pleasure, Michael. I look forward to it. Clockwise. Take care, Jim. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Hello, and welcome to the Ohio Hauntings and Legends podcast. We will be taking you to places you have never dreamt of going. Hundreds, if not thousands, of haunted and abandoned locations. We will visit with the paranormal from your nightmares and try to understand the unexplained. Ohio alone has 88 counties within our state, and virtually each one of those counties has a story to tell. Ohio's history is bloodstained throughout its history. We will be covering more than just Ohio. We will cover the state you live in, the country. Trust me. There are thrills, chills, and we are upping the fright factor with each new stop we make. We will be traveling the world, the globe, looking for the strange, the mysterious, and the frightening. Mostly, we will find the unexplainable. Many of these episodes are genuine. Others are legend or hearsay. Believe those that you choose or believe in none. It is your choice. Just get comfortable, sit back, dim the lights, and listen.